Welcome to the Overground Podcast, a digital marketing show in both English and French coming straight from Montreal that will help you kill it in social media and influencer marketing. And now your hosts, Ariane and V. So welcome to the Overground Podcast. Uh, we were on a small hiatus, but we're back with a very special guest, Mr. Marcus Troy. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I have uh, Ariane with me as well. What's up, Ariane? Hello, hello. So, um, a little bit about Marcus, or a little bit about what we know about you. Uh, we've been following you for a little while. We know you've made quite a name for yourself um, in your respective space. So, I'd like to just get like your point of view as to who Marcus Choi is and like what you do on a on a regular basis. Um, for sure. So, um, I guess I'm a person who wears many different hats, and I would like to say that I'm passionate about creating. I'm passionate about connecting with people. I'm passionate about connecting dots. Um, I'm an ideas person. Ideas are really important to me, creating ideas and <clears throat> um, helping people. I aspire uh, to inspire people as well, especially people of color who want to see what the world can really offer. Um, <clears throat> if you're dedicated to a craft or to a business, to a place. So, I mean, that's pretty much what inspires me, what motivates me, what pushes me forward. What I do, I guess the technical term is, you know, I own different companies. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a thinker. Um, I work in the media space. I work with brands. Actually, no, I don't work with brands. I work with people who work at cool brands. And, um, yeah, that's kind of what it is. I heard you say <laughs> that before. Like, I, I kind of read some articles that you were... Um, you were interviewed in, and like you say, um, you really like working with cool people sure. that you connect with, as opposed to maybe what the product may be or what the services. Not only that, I, I just feel that a lot of people are so gun ho to say, oh, I work with brands. Well, no, man, you don't work with brands, you don't work with Nike, you don't work with Canon, you work with a person who works for a company who feels or believes in what you're doing, and that's more meaningful. And a lot of people I work with, I would like to say that we become friends or we were friends and we've built relationships and that's why we get to work together. Right. Not because like, um, I, I try not to participate in the whole, uh, oh yes, I, I work with brands, I'm an influencer, I'm a, I'm, I'm a blogger, I'm a this, like, I mean, at the end of the day, like to each his own, but I really feel that it's important to make um, viable connections with human beings and I think that's what makes people come closer together and that's an important part of the world that I'm in. I'm in the people business. Right. So like taking it like way back, mm. you've had a blog for quite a while, yeah. And I, I'm assuming that was like the foundation that pretty much set you off. Is that true? Um, <clears throat> I wouldn't say that's true. No, I, I, I've always, I've always worked in fashion, and in lifestyle, and in with products and clothing. Um, the blog was just a diary of sorts to help document the things that we liked and that we loved. Right. And we really tried to share what we were into. Like our goal was to tell people what we felt was really good out there. We wanted to tell people what we thought was cool, what was amazing, what we enjoyed, what we liked. You know, unbiased. You know, there's no brands involved. Nobody was sending you press releases or newsletters. So it wasn't biased. Like you just really. It, no, it was. It was actually um, fun. Right. It was a fun time, and the reason why it was fun because we were out there in the world gathering our own information. We were cultural participants, which I pride myself on. 
you know, we felt the product, we tried it on, we bought the product, we participated. Where in that moment in time, brands, companies, people at brands and companies had no idea what the space was, but we were just documenting what we liked and what we loved. Right. And people that had similar interests to what we were liking or wanted to discover something new, those people wanted to also participate and be involved. And that's kind of how we built our credibility. Right. But it wasn't that like what set it off per se. Um, I think what set it off was um, our approach to who we are as people. You know, we've always considered ourselves global citizens. That was a really important part of our brand. Like, we, we were from Montreal, we were born and raised, we speak French, you know, we were proud Canadians, but we also positioned ourselves to be global citizens. And that allowed us to see the world from a different perspective. And a lot of people that live in specific cities want to very be very local, you know, but locally, your people don't really appreciate you until you, um, I guess, blow up globally. So it was more of our approach, our approach to how to navigate the world. It was all the things that we did, um, I want to say, differently than others because we saw things differently than how other people saw it that allowed us to sort of like build our brand, if that makes any sense. Right. And you keep saying we. Yeah. So Marcus Troy is a brand. Right. How many people are involved? Like, what's, what's, uh, what's um, the team like? I, I, is it I, mostly you? No, I mean, listen, I, I speak in we because I just feel that everything that we do is part of the brand. Mm -hmm. um, I, 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 don't, I don't say we to just to be like, oh, like, it's a million of us. I just really mean that, like, um, a lot of people over the years have contributed to the growth of... Um, the brand and what we do and how we do things. So I just like to say we to be um, inclusive as opposed to exclusive. I mean, I can personally take a lot of props myself and say I did this, I did that because, sure. you know, I definitely was a pioneer in a lot of um, things in the space because I was an early adopter in it. Mm -hmm. Like, I, you know, I was an early adopter. So, but I, I um, as a new perspective, um, I just like to speak in we. That's kind of really what it is. Very cool. And initially, how did people like find out about you? Um, how did people find out about me? Um, like, I understand how they got interested and how mm. they kept following, but initially, you know, where would they, 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 they stumble upon? Where would they stumble upon? That's a good question. Um, I, I, you know, when I, st when I started in the digital space, mm -hmm. I was literally creating what I felt to be cool to me for just one person. Okay. And that one person was my friend, Justin Garçon. And he would leave comments um, on every post I would make. He would comment, and I was really writing for him. Mm -hmm. So when I went from one person to three people, to five, to 10,000, to 100,000, I was always just writing with him in mind because he was my friend, but he cared about what I was thinking. Because even though we were best friends, he didn't know everything that I liked. And I would put people on. Mm -hmm. so. People would stumble upon me because the internet is a crazy place where people were looking for information and people wanted to know what other people thought were cool. And because I was doing things very differently, I believe that people were attracted to that point of difference. So, for example, when 
like before, like I mean now everyone gets stuff in the mail, but once upon a time, not many people were getting stuff in the mail. And I, I used to do these unboxings of mm -hmm. shoes, like Nike would send me sneakers and people would be like, how's this guy getting free sneakers? And like, how is this working? But I wasn't showing off. It wasn't like, oh, look at me, I'm so cool. It's more like, hey guys, look what came in the mail today. These new Nike sneakers and um, let's talk about them. And people were like, damn, this is cool. Like, this is interesting. But then it gets saturated and everyone's unboxing, everyone's doing the same thing. So I kind of like shied away from mm -hmm. the things that made me quote unquote cool. Because I was doing things, I want to say cool, quote unquote, um, and trying to just... Um, show people what I liked, you know, and I gave my honest opinion. There was no, I, I, I never, I never did anything that I didn't feel was good for me. Mm -hmm. There was no one that could have influenced me at any point in time, and even up till today. And when I speak to people who work at brands, they tell me that, um, or people who've been following me for a long time, they say we love that you have integrity. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not out here trying to, you know, use your uh, platform to just benefit and profit from what you can't profit off of and sell out essentially and quote unquote sell out but i mean like selling out is great man if you sell out and you make a lot of money that's cool good for you right. but for me i know that if the internet disappears tomorrow the only thing that i have is my name my work ethic and my personal brand and i cannot let anyone or any company um interfere with that well, like you're, you're saying, what's in, like in the beginning, like you said, you're, they're sending you shoes probably just because you had a different perspective on things and they were curious to see what you would say about it and what your vision was about these things. And then it's probably, like you said, like you were sharing with people things that you thought were cool that maybe wasn't the most popular thing that was being spoken about at the time. And that genuine, you know, unboxing and actually having knowledge behind what you're receiving sure. and being able to explain it versus, I mean, like you said right now, it's about the masses. And you keep saying that people who work at brands, that person was probably genuinely interested in what you thought of a specific product and that would help them figure out, you know, what approach to take versus maybe now it's more building a list and then, you know, as as many Insta stories they get out of it, then that's I'm the saying like, like back then, I'll be honest yeah. with you, the people that were sending me products, yeah they weren't, they didn't have an agenda. Okay. There was absolutely no agenda. Mm -hmm. They were like, you're cool. Mm -hmm. I would like for you to have this. I'm holding a bandana for those. Without <laughs> expectations. No expectations. It was not like, give me four posts. No. Yeah. That didn't exist. It was like, hey man, you're cool. We know that you're doing cool things. You're quote unquote in the streets. You're mm -hmm. at the right places. You're going, you're seeing the right friends. You're doing all this amazing stuff. Mm -hmm. Here's... Uh, this bandana as an example and do what you want and not even do what you want just like here you go yeah. and I would then take this bandana and I would go out and I would shoot it the way I wanted to shoot it I would create what people call content today but I was doing photography mm -hmm. I was capturing these things in different settings I was styling it I was wearing it I was doing different things with it and then I would put it online And then, then they would see it and be like, that is so cool. That's amazing. When did this start? Because this is like, like you're coming from like an OG perspective sure. because this is exactly what's happening in the industry now. And like, I want to get into that a little later. But how long ago did people start sending you stuff based on what you were doing? Man, um, a long time ago, man. I, I, would, like to, I would like to say that, um, so a couple backstories. Um, so a friend of mine who lives in London, owns a huge agency. And once upon a time, Converse went to him 
and they were like, here's some couple of shoes. And he was like, okay, cool, thank you. And he gave some of these shoes to his friends in London. Mm-hmm. And some of his friends happened to go to the best clubs in London. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, Madonna was being shot in Converse, uh, Led Zeppelin, all these famous people at the time, because they were just, hey, here's some shoes. And they were and they're ending up in pictures wearing these shoes. And then Converse like, here's some more shoes. And he's giving out to his friends, like really like no agenda, just like, here you go. Then they're like, can you keep doing this for us? And he was like, okay, what's going to cost you? And he charges them, I don't know, 4,000 pounds a month to just do product seating. Mm-hmm. But he didn't have an agency. He was just like being a cultural participant, being in the right places at the right time, working with the right people. And they saw value. But this ended up turning into he has a multi million dollar agency and he works with some of the best brands in the world because of what he was able to do in reality and I think that a lot of people start off that way they don't they start off in this organic natural way of building something that's special without knowing what it is today everyone has brands included companies brands have an agenda they don't care necessarily about the individual, their taste level, what they like, um, who, what they do. They just says, oh, you have X amount of followers, I can leverage that, here you go. So the fun, the fun out of, in, in, in the space of creators has taken a turn. And in turn, people that are influencers, quote unquote, as I hate that word, mm-hmm. and bloggers and tastemakers, People, a lot of those people have also ruined the game because now they don't buy anything. They like what 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 was special about me? Not special about me. Mm-hmm. What I enjoyed doing was buying things. I was a consumer, and being a consumer is where I went into the store. I tried things on. If I liked it, I purchased it. I didn't wait for a brand to send it to me. You know what I mean? Like nowadays you can't even get the things that you like because there's like 10,000 kids lined up outside. It's a whole other story. However, there was a part, of, and I'm still a consumer today, but today you have um, influencers, bloggers, tastemakers, whoever you want to call that are ruining the space because they're now, there's articles in newspaper. They're going to restaurants like, give me free food. I'm cool. Mm-hmm. Give me your space for free. I'm cool. Give me a sandwich. Give me what? Give me whatever because I'm cool. I can collaborate with you and I think that when brands started having an agenda and when the people at the receiving end found out that there's a a, a, not a business but there's some sort of benefit to being in the space it's what took the fun out of it so now it's become a legitimate business and you can make six figures or more in this space working with brands taking checks to promote now now we've all become just marketers you know what I'm saying so um in the era where I was, you know, doing it for fun and love and passion for products and things, um, it was a fun time. And I'm not like I'm not like the grumpy OG that's like, oh my god, the kids nowadays. I just I we just all adapted to what how the space is today. Yeah. And we still maintain our integrity 100%. And we try to maintain creative control. And we try to maintain certain things that allows our brands to grow. And we might not grow as quickly as other people who have, quote unquote, like you said, sold out. Mm -hmm. However, we try to be authentic. We try to be real. We try to only work with brands and companies that we like and love. And we try to create the highest caliber of, and I hate the word content as well, but 
content that is possible. Right. I, I think the cream will always rise to the top. That's my we run says. We run uh, an influencer marketing agency. Sure. So we have tons of people that have you know, grown their following um, in whatever random space. Mm. And you're right, brands do want to leverage that. They're willing to pay for it. Sure. They don't necessarily care about the person or look back at past 12 <laughs> or 15 posts that the person has done. Right. Um, but things change, right? There's always an evolution in marketing and sure. it just happens to be commercialized at this point and it's changing. So considering that, like, because you're an OG and like I said, I think the cream will always rise to the top sure. and I think your repertoire and all the work you've done in the past sort of speaks to that. Sure. You've worked with some big brands and I, I know just based on what you said, like you're very selective in terms of who you work with because you want to make sure they align with your values and uh, what, you, what Marcus Choice stands for. Um, what we're seeing on our side is a lot of the influencers that you know have started growing their following They'll take anything for a bit of cash, mm. um, which I don't think is sustainable, but I'm wondering like what you think, what should a person do that is into um, gardening, for example? They have 30,000 followers, certain brands are hitting them up, but they're not able to like monetize. Like They're in a space right now where they have a following in their space, they love it, but and they're getting some brands approach them, but they're just not sure what to do with them. Because um, <laughs> the opportunity is there for them to monetize, right. and they're good content creators, uh, so to speak. But like, how do they value themselves? How do they work with brands? Like, what advice can you give to someone who who is passionate about their craft mm. that has built a following and just doesn't know how to work with a brand and and monetize what they do? Okay, so you asked a lot of questions in there. Uh, I'm gonna try <laughs> to break it down. Okay, so. Just to, I guess, preface all of this. Yeah. I believe that everyone is an influencer, okay? That's why I hate that word. Mm -hmm. Because your father, who has a lawnmower, who's mowing the lawn, if his neighbor's like, hey, Jim, what lawnmower do you have? And he says, oh, it's the 40,060. Would you get a Canadian tire? And then he goes in and buys it, your father's an influencer, mm -hmm. okay? We use the word influencer so loosely. Everyone's an influencer. Everyone can influence someone to purchase and buy, okay? Now, people also feel because they have an Instagram account, it's their job. This is my job. I do this full time, right? <laughs> it's my job, which is also another crazy concept. Yeah. Because no one that I know owns Instagram. From the last time I checked, Facebook owns Instagram. Mm -hmm. Now, if Instagram closes down tomorrow, people are fucked. A lot of people are going to be screwed, yeah. okay? Mm -hmm. Because they've built their entire life on a platform that they don't own. It yeah. happens all the time. People lose their page. But forget right. losing your page. Let's, mm -hmm. just, let's just say you had 5 million followers on MySpace, mm -hmm. okay? It's not transferable. You can't be like, hey, Instagram, hey, Snapchat, can you just transfer all these followers to me? No. It's over. Like it, you, like, it doesn't make any sense. So when brands right now are looking at people's Instagram account to justify working with them or to give the gardener products or to pay him, it's kind of, I don't want to say silly, but the integrity of followers has gone out the window because you can buy likes, you can buy comments, you can buy followers, okay? Mm -hmm. Some of your favorite influencers, quote unquote, have purchased their way to the top. And I get it, it's a business. If you buying followers makes a difference of you making $10,000 a year versus making 100 grand a year, do what you gotta do. 
I guess, okay? Personally, I don't subscribe to that model. I would never buy followers because I just don't feel it fits with my personal integrity, okay? I figured out a long time ago why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And why I'm doing what I'm doing has to, my why has to align with my brand, okay? I'm not motivated by money, and not because I'm rich, because I always believe that if you work really well, you do things well, the money will come. I'm not motivated by money, so my why is not money. But if your why is money, then you're gonna do what you gotta do to get to the money. So if you're a 30,000 follower, 30,000 follower, you're a gardener, brands are hitting you up, you have to figure out what's your why. Like, why are you doing this? If you're motivated by money and you want to take the $200 because that's what they're offering you, then do what you got to do. Because if you take $200 times 50 brands a month, you're doing okay for yourself. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It also, it, it just depends what your goals are, what you're trying to accomplish. For us, the reason why we might charge a brand money, we don't take money to say something that's cool. That's the difference between us and a lot of people. You cannot pay us to say this is cool. What you're paying us for is what we're going to create. You know, my camera, I have a Leica. A Leica costs $10,000 with the lens. You know what I'm saying? Yes. If we shoot medium format, that's a $15,000 camera. If we're shooting with Sony's, there's four G's a pop. You mean studio, lighting, rent, overhead. You're paying me to create. So yes, I'm gonna share it on my social, and yes, I'm gonna give you an Instagram post, but don't think for a second that the guy who's shooting it, if it's not me, or my videographer, or my backdrops, all these things cost money. So at the end of the day, if you're paying me, you're not paying me because you're paying me to say something is cool, mm -hmm. or that it's great, or that's awesome. You're paying me to create. And if I'm creating, I'm creating with people, and these people have to be paid. So that's the difference. So people really feel that because they have an Instagram account, it's their job, and posting is what costs the money. Like, I'm posting this, you gotta pay me, which is a, a, a weird concept. But, sorry, I just find it goes back to what you were saying earlier, V, that like, the ones that do it properly will, will rise to the top. Because yes, right now what's happening, it's literally like pay per, per post, like pay per click, and I'm gonna take a picture of myself and I'm holding it. But I think it's funny because the, the example you give of the gardener, mm -hmm. like obviously if they did a whole account, they got 30,000, and all they talk about is gardening, and maybe they wish all they could do is garden and never go to their day job, you know, and, and that's what they want to do. And if somehow uh, some kind of sponsorship can allow them to do more of what they want to be doing instead of having to go to their job and talk about gardening on the weekend, I do think at some extent there, there's opportunity there, but I think the ones that will be more patient and wait for the opportunity that allows them to tell the story that they want to say instead of just, you know, here's a lawnmower, that's the one, just buy it. But, but that's, that's what's happening yeah. right now. But right now yeah. with the gardener, okay, the gardener, if he's being paid, yeah. he's not going to say it's bad. Mm -hmm. You have to say it's good. Mm -hmm. If I take you to Italy to try on a jacket, you're going to say it's the best jacket in the world. You have no choice. Mm -hmm. yeah. So the integrity in that space is also gone, yeah. right? So the gardener, like I've seen people, for example, who run, like, like people who run. Mm -hmm. And one day they're telling me that New Balance is the best running shoe ever. Then it's Nike. Then it's Adidas. Mm -hmm. As a consumer, I don't believe you anymore. Mm -hmm. So as a brand, you have to say, what does this person really like? Like if you're going to pay me to market your product, I can just be like, okay, I'm a marketer. I'm going to be like, hey, guys, this is a new bandana from whatever. Check it out. But if you want me to create and to convince people that follow me that I like your product, 
it, there has to be a believable connection. But like to you said earlier, brands have stopped caring about that connection. I don't know if you guys just saw Unilever just decided that they're, is it Unilever? A big pharmaceutical company just okay. decided they're no longer working with people who buy followers, okay? Because they realized that it's a sham yeah. and they just decided to cut that off. So like that is crazy, that's a good thing. But if a brand, if you're a brand and you don't care about me, then how are we really gonna work together? You know what I mean? Like I work, like brands that I love personally, I love American Express, mm -hmm. I love Dyson, I love Nespresso. These are brands, like everything they do from the marketing, from their commercials to their advertising, everything is awesome, it's on point. I love those brands. Mm -hmm. Now, I've worked with those brands. They've hired me to create and have paid me to do stuff. But we talk about it in such a passionate way, I like to believe, and we actually use it, and we've convinced people to go out and purchase and buy and participate with these brands. We can actually activate people. That's why it's fun. Mm -hmm. Now, if tomorrow I start telling you that uh, Ninja Vacuum is amazing, right, because they gave me a big check, then you're gonna be like, hey man, I thought you liked Dyson. I, I just bought a Dyson. Like, didn't you tell me that Dyson was the best one to buy? Oh yeah. no, I'm just marketing right now. Like, that be, that's a difference between yeah. quote unquote influencer or marketers who are just there to push them down your throat. But if I'm Dyson, I wanna work with a person who actually loves my product because it makes it easier for the story to be told. So, the new word that should be invented should be like, I'm a marketer. Not I'm an influencer, I'm a marketer. Well, I think that's what brands are doing because they're not getting visibility on TV. No, like right. no one's listening to the radio. You're not gonna take action. I think it's all about reach right now. So I think what brands are doing, they, they may work with someone like you to help them curate some wicked content. But on the other hand, to reach the million people who would typically watch American Idol on a Thursday night, sure. You can't do it anymore unless you figure out some sort of digital strategy. And the ROI of hitting up 100 people that have 50,000 followers uh, is so much cheaper than any other method right now. 100%. And I think that's exactly what's happening. It's just that it's so saturated. What's well, not saturated? You can, you can actually lie and fake it all. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you can fake it all. But brands, like, you, you just spoke about a tool, and we're actually using it now at the office, where you can call out who's actually has real following sure. and who doesn't. Sure. And it's crazy because we're calling out people that we know really well and have done it. And I think brands are going to catch on, just like you mentioned Unilever. Right. Um, it's well, going to happen. I think the authenticity way, has like to we, pull through. We work, we do campaigns, like, like, and we see, like, especially now with the stats that you get out of Instagram. Likes, who cares? Impressions and reach, like I think that's where you know you see the value versus the followers, and and we see it. We people have thirty thousand followers, fifty thousand followers, but you can, tell me not a thousand people watch your story. Like there's there's but right away you work with them once, you never work with them again. So it's also not a good strategy in the in the long run. Like there's no consistency. But but I but I also don't believe that either because mm -hmm. here here's here's why I don't believe that either about that about, about you have 3,000 followers and not 1,000 people watch your story is because brands have to stop believing that just because they're paying someone to talk about or share their product, that their product is good and that people actually care. Mm -hmm. You have to understand, right? When I go on my Instagram account, I probably look at, I follow about 
500, I don't know, 1,000 people, 500 people. Okay. I look at the first 15 stories and then I stop. I don't have all day to no, go through everyone's story. Everyone is posting stories. Mm -hmm. Everyone is sharing constantly, every day, every minute. I don't have the time to go through everyone's story. So if I don't have the time, then you don't have the time, then you don't have the time. So views are not being seen. So you can't even measure that as, oh, not enough people watch your stories or too many watch your stories. What the, what the, what the metric should be is what the person does holistically. If I follow you mm -hmm. and I see that you're at Coachella and then I see that you're at Oceaga and I see that you're in New York on Friday and then I see that you're eating at this cool restaurant and I see that you're hanging out with this cool girl and then I see that I'm like, wow, this person is in all the right places. They're doing all the right things. This is who I want to work with because holistically their brand is, if cool is what you're looking for as an example, mm -hmm. it's cool. If you are into gardening and I'm like, whoa, you got the poppy seeds and you got some tulips <laughs> yeah. and like whatever. And like yeah, yeah. you went to the gardening show in Detroit and like you're moving and shaking in this space. I want to work with you because your five people that follow you might be the five people that I want to meet. Now, if you have two followers, but it happens to be Rihanna and Justin Bieber, do I need you to have a million followers? No, because mm -hmm. Rihanna and Bieber have the disposable income to buy anything I'm pitching. So this is who I want to, want to see it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If I look at my Instagram account and I'm seeing that, I, I'll tell you a, a small story. Of course. Um, Cadillac, I used to work with Cadillac as a brand ambassador, mm -hmm. and they gave me a car. Yeah. Okay? And the car costs $100,000, right? And so I'm driving this car, I'm posting this car, you know, I'm sharing that I have this, this cool car, whatever the case may be. I get a text message from this NBA player. He's like, yo, what's that car you, you, you got? I'm like, um, the CT6 Cadillac. He's like, okay, cool. I'm like, why? He's like, okay, I'm going to buy it for my mom. So he didn't leave a comment on my Instagram page. No. He didn't like a picture. He texted me, okay? So this is like in the gray area. No, of, of course. The gray area of things. And he made a purchase, okay? 100 grand, whatever it is, $98,000 US. No one knows this except me and him. Mm -hmm. Now... Is it worth giving me a car for that reason because I'm making sales? Well, then, yeah, because I'm actually getting people to buy. Now, this NBA player makes $50 million a year or whatever he makes per year. He can buy anything. So if he was my only follower, a brand wouldn't work with me? Why wouldn't you work with me? No, of course. But you know I find it's hard because the thing is when they're... Because I totally agree with you when it comes to relationships. And I think, like, that's where it is. That's where it's at initially. Like, who... who because you... If the person doesn't work with there anymore, you're probably going to work with them again if they end up somewhere else, sure. if you believe in what they're doing versus a brand that you're just on a list and then they're just starting, all of a sudden you're getting mass emails from you don't even know who you're talking to. Right. Like I totally understand that. Even like I have people who hit me up and just genuinely because it's someone I respect and I like what they do, I'll be into it before, you know, I'll hear them out on what they want to do. But every project I'll always hear them out just because of that relationship I built with that person. Sure. And I think it goes back to... You know, V and I, just the business we've built, like we were both in the nightlife, which allowed us to meet a lot of people. I worked in advertising and the contacts I made in an agency weren't even close to the people I met at Tokyo Bar in terms of, you know, people that are going to be not helpful in terms of business, but just even to have conversations with and getting creative and, you know, all of that. Now, freelancers I work with, they're not from the advertising space. They're probably from the nightlife space. And that's, 
you know, all those relationships over time, like a lot of people I find in, in that space, they think relationships, you're like, when can I use them? Especially in entrepreneurship. Like you don't even have an idea, but you're like, I know people, so I'm just going to throw them ideas, mm. you know? Whereas I find it kind of like, like you were saying about your friend in London, you kind of see, you know, you just live your life and you're like, cool, I know all these people and you don't really know what, How not, you don't out. have a plan right. with what you're going to do with these people, you know, you're just going to keep being friends with people and going to places and stuff. And eventually somehow things line up, like, and it, it just makes sense. And in a way that you feel comfortable with, like he did with Converse and it just, it just makes sense. Um, and I think it goes back to that. If I think there's trends in these things and right now it's kind of an explosion of, I pay you, you post about it, I never talk to you again or sure, whatever, course, you know? Yeah. And, but the brands that are doing it properly in terms of, of the, what I see and the things I always try to pitch to my clients who want to do influencer marketing's, marketing are the ones that are going to take more time to figure out exactly, like, who is this person? Not necessarily in terms of number of followers, but, like, exactly what they do in the daily and what their interests are and kind of create that partnership over a long period of time. Like, maybe sure. when they first approach you, You don't know that much about the product, but you know, you, you try it and you're like, you know what? I like, you send me three things. I like this one. I'm going to talk about this one. And then the next month and then, and over time, then you're able to build a strong relationship. It takes way longer. They're not going to see return right off the bat. But like you, I, I, I'd say like, I work with Under Armour, but I get more, I notice more people at my gym end up wearing what I'm wearing because I'm wearing it at the gym than what they see wherever on the internet. Right. Well, of course there's questions, stuff like that. But I, I do think that if, somehow brands start understanding how to bring it back to how it was like back in the days when you'd sponsor a skateboarder and there's loyalty and there's, you know, they're actually wearing the products like constantly and it's more a partnership than what it's become today that it's like straight up an exchange of service. Of course, yeah. You know? No, I, I, I totally agree with you. I also feel that um, if, 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 if people that are working in the agency world like you guys... Mm -hmm your responsibility is to repair the imagination of your clients, letting them know new lingo, new plan of action, and how to attack it. Because if they're paying you, I'm assuming, on retainer to just do work for them, mm -hmm. and obviously it's a check for you, and you're, you guys need to figure out like how to keep it going, you have to take part of that responsibility to say, guys, we want to change the landscape and look at things a bit differently and how we do things because it's not going to last. And it's the influencer's, quote unquote, mm -hmm. job to sort of become self-aware of what it is that they do and how they do it and educate people a bit on what the processes are. Because, you know, I get brands hitting me up all the time to do stuff and they'll be like, hey, Marcus, we love your brand. Let's collaborate. We have 200 bucks, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I'm like, man, like, I just spent 200 bucks on lunch for my team, mm -hmm. you know? Like, and not, to, not saying that 200 is not any kind of money, but if you knew what it is that we do, and if you understood it, and understood where we could take what we're going to create, your budgets would be different. And then it'll be like, well, the industry standard for a post is 350 for a post, because mm -hmm. they only see it as you're doing a post, and that's 350 for one picture. And they don't understand what it is because they were misinformed. And actually, maybe they're not. Maybe the, the brands go to the agency. The agency's pocketing 80% of the money. They're offering the chump change to the creator mm -hmm. and then saying, like, this is what we got. And I'm like, sorry, man. Like, it's not going to work. But then when I see 
other people in the space doing the campaign that I said no to or whatever, I'm like, man, you guys are the reasons why the game is messed up. It's the, it's the reason why people don't know the value of things. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we work um, as an agency as well and we create um, photographs and videos for companies and brands. Mm -hmm. And they really think that there's no cost to these things. They really feel that because no one's telling them. You know what I'm saying? Like, you go anywhere in the world and, like, there's websites that you can go and says, how much does a, a photo shoot cost? You know what I'm saying? Like, a photo shoot, two models, four lights, three days, six hours. And it's fifteen, twenty, thirty thousand dollars. You can't tell a brand, especially not in Quebec. Hey, man, give me thirty. They'd be like, "What? what you, I thought it was gonna cost seven fifty. Yeah. They have no concept. Like, like I said before, our cameras cost fifteen thousand dollars. The camera. Mm -hmm. So if I'm shooting with a Leica or a medium format camera or whatever case, I'm not shooting with a point and shoot here. And if my camera costs fifteen grand, you know how long I have to work at two hundred bucks to pay that off. So. I feel there needs to be a re-education, a repairing of the imagination of how things work for brands and companies and people and agencies. And that needs to be a real conversation, in my opinion. That has to, ha that has to happen. And when that starts to happen, and people need to be more transparent about what things cost. Mm -hmm. So if I'm an influencer, quote-unquote, and you're an influencer, and you, a, a canon hits you up, and you're accepting 100 bucks, you should be able to go to a network of people and say, hey guys, should I take this 100 bucks? I'm like, man, I just took 1750. What? And there should be there should be like a coalition or a union of what things cost because someone is getting quote unquote ripped off. You know what I'm saying? You can't have commercials on TV and then offer me 350 to 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 to, to create something. 100. percent I think this this is exactly what's happening. The whole industry is being bastardized because people don't know, and that's why I asked you earlier on, like, how does the gardener figure out what the value is? Because all of our influencers that are on our roster for, at our agency, right. that's the biggest question. They have no idea how to price themselves right. and there's no conversation as to how much should Under Armour pay anyone to post about Under Armour or, right. or endorse the brand at all. Right. Um, there's no hard number to it. So it, it is a creative process in, com in terms of coming up with how do you value yourself? And I'm curious, like, how do you determine... Like, obviously, you have... Like, physical goods that you need to, t to take photos and whatnot. But besides that, the brand that you've built over all of these years, like I think that's where the real value is. I think that's why people are coming to you, not because of the equipment you use or whatever. For sure. Um, so again, like how, how do you go about calculating how much you're gonna charge a brand that says, you know what, Marcus, I love what you do. Right. We do have a budget, um, but like I need you to come up with a way to price this out so it's fair for everybody. Great. What's your process like? So um, I think the, a, a process that everyone can understand is based on your expertise, based on your uh, knowledge, skill set, okay? You have to um, allocate an hourly rate to yourself, okay? Mm -hmm. So if you're like a lawyer, when I go see my lawyer and he charges me 400 bucks an hour, it's because that's his expertise. And whether I talk to him for 20 minutes or talk to him for the full hour, it's 400 bucks he's invoicing me, okay? That's just how it works, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm not like, well, hey, bro, let me show, show me your degree, your paper. Like, he's a lawyer, that's what he claims he is. Yeah. He's giving me sound advice, he has an hourly rate. So, you allocate to yourself what, what your hourly rate is, you know? Like, if you're a graphic designer, you have an hourly rate. If you're a photographer, you might have an hourly rate or not, depending on what it is. But if you allocate yourself an hourly rate and um, how much time from ideation 
that you have to come up with. So let's just say if you're spending two hours, three hours developing the concept of what you're going to develop, let's say if you're 100 bucks an hour. Mm -hmm. So right away off the bat, just for you to think about what this is going to look like, that's $300 right off the bat if that's your magic number, mm -hmm. right? Then you have to say, okay, who am I hiring to shoot video of this or photography of this? So let's just say the day rate of a photographer, let's just be very easy right now, is 500 bucks to pay photographer A to shoot for you. So it's five plus three, that's $800 just to get started. Get started. Yeah. Maybe you need to buy props, maybe you need to buy glasses, couches, whatever the case may be. That is another, say, 200 bucks, if we're just being generous here. Then you're saying, maybe, maybe you don't own the equipment you're going to shoot with. Hey, man, this needs to be a high-res. I need to go get myself a mirrorless camera or a 4K camera, whatnot. To rent some of these things per day, it's 400 bucks a day, 300 bucks a day. And if you need it for three days, maybe that's $900, as an example. So yeah. what are we at right now? Nine plus eight plus whatever. So right now you're about $2,000. And that is just ideation, this. Now you probably want to charge them um, a fee for leveraging your Instagram account. Mm -hmm. Just to be on your Instagram. Like mm -hmm. now you're leveraging my followers and the potential sales that I might generate from posting this. Maybe that fee is another 500 bucks. So is that your process? Is that how you're thinking about... When? I mean, I mean, like when, when when I'm working with brands and people, like I'm always thinking about these different things. Some brands want exclusivity. We want you to be exclusive for three months, six months, a year. Oh, you want me not to get any money in your space for a year? There's a cost to that. So that means if I'm working with American Express and PayPal hits me up or Mastercard or anyone, I cannot. I have to say no to that money, right? So yeah. there's a cost to have my exclusivity. You know, when I worked with Cadillac, I had a contract with them. You know, they paid me a great amount, but I couldn't talk about any, I couldn't, I couldn't even, I don't talk about the car that I drive, but I couldn't even talk about the car that I drove, that I bought myself, that I went out and spent money on. I couldn't even be like, look at me in my own car because yeah. I'm on contract with Cadillac. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that exclusivity costs money. Right. Like, so as a business person, I'm thinking about like, okay, you're preventing me from getting money. Not preventing me, that sounds bad, but mm -hmm. you're, you're- Well, it's limiting your ability. You're limiting my ability yeah. to benefit from who I am. So there's a cost and a value to that. So I think you have to allocate yourself an hourly rate for ideation, you know what I mean? If you just think, well, I'm good looking, I'm gonna go throw on some clothes and take a picture holding a glass of wine, pay me, like, I don't know if I need to even pay you, <laughs> like, honestly. But see, I find that's where it's a bit crazy. And it's the same. I mean, I think any business, like, it goes back to us being in the social media space where some people, some clients will say, well, this girl pays a, a, charges 200 bucks a month. And we're like, well, please go see her because I don't know what she's doing, but I can't do that, you know? Right. And the same things that you're building right now, like, you've always had really amazing content, but it's been going up and up. And obviously, sure. like, you're improving and sure. you're putting a lot more effort. But you're only going to wind up working with the brands who value that and see that and don't say this many followers equals the same as this girl that grabbed a glass of wine and said because she has the same followers. You know, right. like, there's so much more but, but, to but, it, but, but it that's depends why you on can't, what exactly. you're looking to get out of the it, collaboration. Exactly. You know? But that's why you, first of all, that's why I'm very particular with the brands I work with, mm -hmm. but B... I might not work as with many brands. Like I'm telling you right now, I, I look at some of my favorite 
Instagram people yeah. and every post is a sponsored post. Mm -hmm. There's no life to them. They are not doing anything fun. They're not doing anything cool. Everything's a sponsored Sometimes post. Sometimes it's five posts a day. Like they have so many things to, to, right. and it's like, to talk and about. Right, and it's like paid sponsors, paid opportunity yeah. with this person. I'm just like, it's taking away the fun out of it. Like mm -hmm. I don't even want to see your life anymore because everything is sponsored. Like you're drinking water, you're like sponsored by Evian. I'm like, mm -hmm. man, what, like I followed you for your creativity, yeah. for your lifestyle, for what you're into. Now, now to the point that if you, it's actually ironic now because now if you're just drinking water next, next to a park, you have to almost put not sponsored for people to be like, oh, you actually like drinking water by the park. <laughs> like it's so ironic now yeah. and it's, it's actually annoying. Like it's so annoying. And now with everything you do, you have to put ad and sponsor next to it. So it's, it's, just, a, it's just a big shit show and it's taking away the fun out of it. So I, I honestly don't even like playing there unless you're paying me a lot of money to play in that space. Like you have to pay me a lot of money or you have to be a brand that I love for me to even consider working with you because I am not going to bastardize my social feed because of something, you know, like, like some brands are like, I gave you a banana, post about it. I'm like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Like, if I feel like posting about it, I'll post about it. Like, thank you for the bandana. I appreciate it. Oh, can I, can I exchange a post for a P like, I, what do you think? What do you think this is? Like, like what I, what goes on my feed is what I want to put on my feed. I don't like being forced to put anything on my feed. I don't like being forced to put anything in my link in bio. I don't like, be, like right now, brands that are bigger than me, bigger than my platform mm -hmm. are trying to just buy me then like just buy my just just be like we've just they want to turn you into a billboard and that's yes it. Yeah. but i would say to this point at this yeah. point buy my brand be like we want to own you mm -hmm. cool here's a million dollars all you do every day is talk about us i'll be happy i'll be like cool i just had a million dollars and i'll go on vacation somewhere and i'll just talk about this brand every single day but that's what's kind of happening now so brands have to stop thinking about taking over personalities and people's platforms. What they should be thinking about is working with and creating with and collaborate with a real collaboration, not just the word collaborate, and work with to create beautiful imagery or content. I would love if a brand came to me and be like, hey man, we love what you did with that, those photos from camping. Mm -hmm. We would love to put our wine in a camp setting and get you to like experience this the way you'd want to do it. You have full creative direction, do what you got to do. What would it cost us to have you create around our product? And I'd be like, oh man, that's so cool. I'm like, it'll cost you this and third. I'm also going to rent a rig, okay? That's going to drive an aerial shot. I'm going to fire, like I would come up with the craziest ideas. Mm -hmm. You pay me and it's beautiful. And then you, and you wouldn't even ask me how many people saw it. You don't care about that. You just want to know we want our product to live in your world. Yeah. That to me is a great way to start a relationship. Because if I told you, well, yeah, you know, Swiss Beats follows me and he's married to Alicia Keys and she's one of the coolest girls on the planet. Mm -hmm. She might see this thing because he might show it to her if he likes it. He might show it to be like, look, babe, look what Mark just posted. Mm -hmm. And he also knows 15 other people. Maybe he's in a room with Bieber, Rihanna, Jay-Z, and who? Nicolas Cage. Mm -hmm. Like, that's how you have to be thinking. Like, oh, man. Oh, you know these people are connected to you? I want to work with you. You know, like, like Virgil Abloh. You guys know who Virgil Abloh is? Yeah. He just became the head guy at Louis Vuitton. He's yeah. all this cool yeah. stuff with Kanye. He was just here, right? He's just here in Montreal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I want to work with him. 
not personally me, but if I'm a brand, I want to work with him. Why? Because I know that he's going to be around the coolest people in the world. I don't care what his follower count is. I don't care what is. I just know that if I give him my bandana, he is going to carry it possibly and he's going to introduce it to a billion other people that are cool. So I had a friend tell me the other day who works for a brand specifically and I asked him, I'm like, yo, why don't you, it's a, it's a really popular footwear brand. I asked him, like, why don't you give a deal to this famous person? I don't want to say any names. Why don't you give a deal to this famous person? He's like, why would you give a deal to that famous person? I'd rather give a deal to the person that he wants to be. Mm-hmm. Because if I give a deal to the person he's going to be, he's going to wear it by default. And you know what's crazy? When you look at fashion magazines and you look at this person, he's wearing the brand that his idol is wearing, who's not as famous, but that's who he follows. Mm-hmm. So it's like a ricochet effect. That's how brands are looking at it. Like, if I know that V, that you are at Tokyo every night and you're hanging with everyone that goes to clubs and I'm a liquor brand. I want to work with you, man, because you're in the club. And if you like my liquor, you might tell the owner of Tokyo, yo, you should really carry this new liquor. Or you should really, like, that's how you have to be strategizing to see how am I going to get the results that I want. The results cannot be likes or follows or impressions or reach because those things can be purchased and bought. And since they can be bought and purchased, there's absolutely no integrity in those metrics. I think it's an educational problem too. You've said it before and and the brands just don't know. Like I think all these buzzwords fly like likes and comments and engagement and and they think that's the be all and end all metric that that they need. But it makes no sense. Like when you step back, it doesn't really... It doesn't make sense. Like, 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 I, like there, I, I went on a trip one time, and uh, th- there was a PR person there, and they were like, "Oh yeah, um, we only work with people that have a hundred thousand followers or more, or something like that." And um, I made a joke. I'm like, "Give me one second. I want to go buy some right now." As a joke, and they're like, oh. "I'm like, well, that's how easy it is. Huh. That can't be your metric because I can buy whatever you need." You know, there was. I, I we were in Vegas. I do something in Vegas with the Project Trade Show at the time. And this brand came around and he was like asking all the bloggers, like, how many followers do you have? And the person's like, oh, I have 50,000. Oh, I have more than you. It's not worth working with you. I have 100,000 followers. Then I was like, sir, your 100,000 followers are not her. No, they're not the followers. same people. Just they're not you... the same people. Yes. And in his, in his brain, though, if I have more followers than you, that means I'm better than you. I'm like, you're selling product. What you would want, actually, you want her 50, his 100, his 10, his 5. But in his mind, he's like, I'm better than you. I'm going to work with people who have more followers than me. You know? There was a brand from Montreal. Mm-hmm. I had a, we had a blogger girl, part of the blogger project. A brand mm-hmm. from Montreal told this blogger girl, oh, we don't work with bloggers in Montreal. And I said to them, like, this is the internet. The internet is not regional. It is mm-hmm. global. And people have this, it, the education is missing. They don't understand that if just because I live in Canada doesn't make what I do Canadian. Just because you live in New York doesn't make what you do American or from New York. Like my, my audience is majority USA. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I said before, we've built our brand to be a global brand. So when I go to Tokyo or go to Europe, everyone's like, yo, Marcus, I'm known out in the world. 
as much as I'm known here, but my audience is it's, it's bigger than just where I live. I live in Montreal, Joie de Vivre, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I live in St. Henry, what more can I ask for? My office is here, home base is here, but my brand is global. When I go, when I go to speak in Chicago or New York or wherever, people come out to see me speak or Philadelphia because I'm known in these places. So you can't think just because I live somewhere that my brand is local there. And I think that is what the educational part has to happen. Like, who follows you? Who are they? Is it 50 million kids in Malaysia that are 12 years old? Well, sometimes it's not even their fault. You know, that's <clears> like we have some people on our roster, like famous Quebecois actors. They mm-hmm. have 100K, mm-hmm. but they know for a fact that their followers are 14-year-old girls. Like, right. he's like, I'm not going to sell perfume. And he's like, I, he's like, I don't want to do these collabs because no one's going to be happy with the result. Like, he, right. he's like, I'm going to be bait on something. Right. And he knows that, that like, it's not going to work. Same thing with hot girls that know all, it's all guys following them. Like, they know they're not going to sell the shampoo because right. they don't care. And right. I think there, there's that side. But you were saying earlier, too, it's um, what we try to do as well is, like, educate the brand on, sure, an influencer campaign, the reach is nice, but also getting those key pieces of content that, like, Yeah, you can hire a team of photographer and all of this, but to hire them to travel across Canada and take pictures in 10 different places, that's practically impossible, whereas you can get the creativity of 20 different people and obviously you do your research and see what kind of pieces they come up with, but value that to the price of, like you said, hourly, how, you know, that it makes sense in both sense for the brand and for the person to create it and to be proud of working with that brand. I agree. Is that a big piece of like your business? Do people want your content for their, their platforms or is it strictly to live on, on your stuff? Um, often enough, I would say that brands always have a caveat where they're like, hey, we also want to use these pictures mm-hmm. for yeah. our stuff because it's such high quality right. photography or video and they want to use it for themselves. Yeah. And, you know, so does a premium kick in at that point? There's a cost to that. Yeah. You know I mean, there's a cost like 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 usage. You know, like my, my 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 twin brother is a photographer. Okay, mm-hmm. he's a photographer. So as a photographer, there is usage and rights to your 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 your, your content. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, we we we've we've developed. We we are building out brands. Okay, that's what we do. We we are building out brands and 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 how we do things. You know, like we we have Cafe Troy where we create. Um, intimate culinary experiences. We bring chefs in, they cook, they do great things. We, we share that and we enjoy eating food as part of our brand. We're building out a grooming space, Mr. Troy, which is where uh, men can come and get groomed like, like A to Z and we take care of them. And we work with a lot of different uh, grooming companies. So if you want to partner with us and get and for us to use your products and to be part of that, like that's an, an important angle. We have our art gallery. So if you're an artist, you're in Montreal. It's called If These Walls Can Talk. And if you want to come and showcase your, we're building community. So if you want to come showcase your work as a photographer, as an artist, we have the space for that. We have Espace Gris, which is our our, our event space. Slash, we are building all these different brands that any brand that wants to work with us can come in and plug and play. So I work with Vitamix as an example, as, a, as a, an ambassador for them, you know, and 
we also have Cafe Choi. So we make a lot of recipes in Cafe Choi. We do a lot of different things in there. For them, it's a win-win because then you get to work with Marcus Choi. You get to work with Cafe Choi. All of our people are involved making smoothies, recipes. So it works and it's part of our lifestyle. So we try to, we try to make, I guess, the sort of a cohesive space where if you want to work with us, there's multiple different ways you can work with us that can help tell your story. So mm -hmm. grooming, we're going to have Mr. Chor for that. If it's photography and art, we have If These Walls Can Talk. If it's food or like uh, making things in the kitchen, we have Cafe Choi. And then we have our own personal brand that we work with. And if it's like, um, like photography, event space, we have Espas Gris. So we try to build things out where it's easier for a brand to plug and play with us. So yes, if you want to use the content we've created that's beautifully shot, like plating and food, yeah, we're going to charge you a bit more because what are you using this for? We don't want, to, we don't want it to end up on a billboard right. and then all of a sudden we're not getting compensated for that because like there's rights to these things. There's like laws against different things. You know what I mean, like, So I think it's really important for people to educate brands and the people who work in brands and agencies how things should be mm -hmm. and not take this industry because it's so new, so loose, you know? Like back in the day, if you brought the Gazette or any, like a journalist on a trip, they probably would tell you no for like um, uh, ethic reasons. Like they wouldn't go on the trip because if I bring you on a trip and you say my product's bad, I'm gonna beat you up, like you know I mean? Like it's of not course. cool. But as bloggers or as influencers, like, Everything's great. The food's great. The hotel's great. Everything's amazing. It's never... awesome. It's, everything's awesome. <laughs> hey guys, it's awesome. Yeah. Right? So th that's missing. You know what I mean? It's missing. And now when you go on a trip with a brand, they're like, we, we're going to bring you on this trip. We need four posts. Like for Grand Prix, you know, we were invited by several different companies to go to the Grand Prix. Mm -hmm. And they're like, we're going to give you free tickets. You know? And they're like, we're giving you free tickets, but we need four posts, five of this, five of that. Right? And I'm like, I'm going to turn Grand Prix tickets. <laughs> That's what you start thinking. And, no, at the end of the day, you're like, I just want to buy these myself. Yeah. Yeah. Like, go and have a good time. You know what I mean? Like, like, like literally. Like, oh, that's, and then that's, you're, you're They're working. putting me to work. No, no. Like, they're it. putting me to work. I'm like, yeah. for free tickets. And they're like, and, and this is what bothers me about like buzzwords. A lot of these companies were like, VIP experience, one of a kind. Mm. No one else is going to see it. And then my whole squad goes, because we're invited by different people. I'm like, hey guys, two for you, two for you, two for you. So we all go, and the experiences are not all, some of them are great, exceptional, but they're not all cracked up what the, the, the fine print says. And you're like, oh, I have to walk 40 miles to get mm -hmm. from one pit to the next? That's not VIP. Like, I have to buy my own food at Subways? That's not VIP. Like, all these little things, and you're, you're realizing that brands are like, let's activate around something. What's the biggest thing in Montreal? Grand Prix, okay, great. Yeah. Get some influencers, give them tickets, demand that they give you content for what they give. And then you get there and you're like, like I, I, as a smart OG, I'm like, there's nothing to see here. There's nothing to do, nothing to see here, nothing to talk about. No stories to yeah. tell. No stories to tell. If I'm a journalist, it would be like, this was the worst experience ever. <laughs> yeah. Don't know what this involvement is this, blah, blah. I would, like, you'd go in and then they would have to suck it up and eat it. But now, because you've given me something and the agreement is like, before you see what you're going to get, because yeah. I'm giving you this, you have to give me all of this. And, th and 
that's where the game's messed up. I think it's also your experience and your, your level of uh, expectation may be a lot higher than someone's maybe new in the game that just has 30,000 followers. But even if, but no, no, not even. If you're brand new in the game yeah. and someone's like, hey, you want some tickets to the Grand Prix? I need five posts from you. You might be like, I love Grand Prix. You're I love cars. Any cool. Fun. Like, but 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 if but if but if, but if you're getting there and you're doing yeah. the forty mile walk, yeah, because it's long to get from pits to yeah. pits, whatever. Yeah, no one's happy about that. No. It's right. blazing sun outside. It's you're not. I stoked. gave you tickets and you said it's raining and you complained. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> right. So imagine, but imagine you had to post about it ten times. Yeah. How upset would you be? Yeah. That's <laughs> you know what true. Mean? You'd be like, I have to flood my feed with 10 pictures. So does this happen to you? Like, do you work, do you sign a deal and then it goes to shit and you're like, fuck, I wish I never did this? Um, very rarely. Yeah. And I, I don't want to say that, I hope I don't ever get jaded, mm -hmm. but very rarely. I try to be very specific with what do you expect, what expectations, what's going down, and I say yes or no, right? If you mislead me, then we're not going to work together again. And if I feel it's not worth my time, my value. I'm like, nah, I'm cool, right? But some things I'll do for free. I have, a, I have an expression I like to say. I'd rather do things for free than to do it for less than I'm worth. Mm -hmm. So the Grand Prix might be a great experience. I'm not going to be like, well, you have to pay me. Some people are like, you have to pay, do you want to be paid for everything? Yeah. Like, no, man, I'm not going to eat ice cream and ask you to pay me to eat ice cream. I love ice cream, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. Some things I'm just going to do because I like to do it. Now, if it's Grand Prix, a lot of my boys, it's a fun experience. They've never experienced it before. I'm like, hey, guys, you guys want to go to Grand Prix? Take some pictures, flick it up. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll share it because it's a cool experience to be at. Like, if you've never been to Grand Prix in Montreal, it's a cool experience. If you go it and you do it the real VIP way where you're in the paddock and you're drinking champagne and you're in the, the ombre and you're in the shadow, then you're, it's amazing time. You know what I'm saying? Um, it, I, I rarely get in situations where I'm like, I shouldn't have done this. But it's only when it's misleading. Because mm -hmm. if I read a title and it says, VIP experience, best ever, I'm going to blow your socks off. <laughs> That's what I'm expecting. Yeah. If you just told me, hey dude, you want some tickets to go to Grand Prix? I could be sitting in, <laughs> on the island and watching it from like 30 <laughs> miles away with binoculars. And I wouldn't complain because I'd be like, that's what you said. You offered me tickets. Yeah. I'm not going to expect like, hey, I need to be with Michael Schumacher, whoever drives and be next to them in yeah. the car. You know what I'm saying? Like, these are little things I'm talking about. But, but I, I find that the brands that will do the best kind of, exactly those events is right. like undersell, over deliver. And right. I, I think those are the best experience. And we've, like we've had brands, we've, we try to explain to them, it's like, don't forget about what you get out of it. If you want to get pictures out of it, hire media to come take pictures. Like, but just make sure everyone Experience has the best time 100%. ever. Sure. Like, and, and it works. Like I have people, we invited them to P.F. Chang's two years later, they're still talking about it. And right. it's P.F. Chang's, but right. they, they love it. The food was great. They had a blast. They got to the meet new the people. Carry, the one of the carry yeah. over there? Okay, okay. Loved it. They loved it. Right. But we told the client, don't don't ask for anyone anything in return you know you just make sure they have a good time and for me experience like when you, you get invited to something and you're just exactly like it's just grand prix and then it ends up being so awesome and fun whereas some restaurants will invite you and they make it so much about themselves 
that you don't have an experience. They're like, they'll, voilà. they'll stand up and be like, okay, guys, time to take pictures. Exactly. What, what oh do you mean? That has happened. And we just yes. all started laughing. No, for sure. And we're like, are you kidding me? Like, if I want to take pictures, I take pictures when I want, you know? But, that, yeah. what you just said is the cringe moments mm -hmm. where you're all at a dinner at a table and like, okay, everyone take pictures. This is the hashtag. You're like, you just ruined yeah. everything. I was yeah. going to do it, but now that you're telling me what I have to do, and you're not paying me to work for you, no. then I'm not stoked. And I think that's what has to happen. It's like, you know what? If you give me a great experience because of social media, yeah. I am going to share it mm -hmm. naturally because I need to tell my friends, exactly. look what I'm doing. People have to create, like we just did a, we just did a brunch with Vivtico. I, right? I wanted to go. It was oh, this really? weekend, right? This weekend, yeah. It's past weekend, long. right? And we just said, guys, come through for a brunch with MT. It's a happy day brunch. It's pizza and uh, gourmet pizza and champagne. Come through. Man, I didn't want anyone to do anything. I mean, come through. Have mm. a good time. We had the soccer game on. We built out the place really nicely. We decorated. People were drinking, having a good time. A lot of people posted about it. I didn't say anyone, hey, guys, please make me look good and oh. post it. You mean? That's it. Yes, Vivkly Co. Because I work with them. I love that brand. I'm going to post and share and be like, hey, guys, look what we did, blah, blah, blah. But it was a fun experience. And that's all I want to give people is an experience. And if I bring you to Italy and have you drive a Ferrari and eat the best gelato you ever had, if you don't talk about it, I'll be like, what happened? If you don't talk about it, it means that the you had a flat, yeah. you crashed your car and broke a leg. Because if I give you the experience of a lifetime, you're going you're gonna to want to share it on your own. It's like if you go on a date with someone and it's a great date, you're going to tell your friends. If you eat great food, you're going to tell... And, and just to bring it all the way back 360, the reason why I started in this space for the space for the first time is because my first why was I wanted to share. Mm -hmm. I wanted to tell people where you should eat, where you should stay, what you should wear, how you should do it. Because if I ate great food, and if you know me in real life, I'm going to tell you, go to Kazoo, order the shrimp burger, it's amazing. And when you're done that, order the beef kurubi. And I'm going to tell you, when you go to Tokyo, go to Goro. Go to this store, buy this. That's how I am in real life. I want to share great stuff with people to save you the hassle and save you the trouble. So that's why the blog started in the first place. Mm -hmm. Just to share what we loved and we liked. Just to tell people, this is really good. This, the benefits of the American Express card is really good. You don't have to, when you go to Toronto Airport and you have the Amex card, you skip the security line. Who doesn't want to skip the security line? You get into lounges. You get to spend 200 bucks towards travel. These are the things that I'm promoting, but the things that actually work, that are actually good. If I tell you, yo, these shoes are amazing. They're so comfortable. They're super dope. These are the things that people want to know so you don't waste your money or waste your time. I can tell you what the best bandana is because I have so many bandanas as an example. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you want to know what the best one is? Instead of going to some the dollar store and getting a cheap one, you're like, oh, it ripped at Coachella or Oceaga. That was the original goal. So I feel that if, if people stay authentic to what they truly like and love, you are actually truly influencing people because they actually believe what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Like right now, I'm in this place and there's artwork on the wall that looks pretty cool and dope. I might ask you, where'd you get this? If I like the artist, I might buy a piece because I like it for me. You're not sponsored, I don't think, to say this is cool. Yeah. However, the genuine connection of really sharing something that you like, it speaks volumes later on in life. I see, it goes back to, see, earlier you were saying, maybe Beyonce, maybe Rihanna's following. Sure, 
but maybe just a bunch of people who buy stuff are following. True, yes. And that's very practical. Like of course. It, it, my friends that like, they're, they're not in this space at all, but they'll ask me questions about where they should eat and where they should do that. Or even, and they're influencers in their space with their friends from the thing that I told them that exactly. I liked, you know? So it goes so much further than a number of followers. You better have 2,000 or even 500 friends that are interested in where you go to eat and that actually live in your area than a hundred thousand. Like I have friends, they own restaurants and they tell me, okay, um, these people showed up to the restaurant. They're, they're, they're 10 and they show us their accounts. Like they have a hundred K they're from all over the world. And they call me like, I'm scared to miss an opportunity, but also like, I don't want to lose out on all this money from right. the table and feeding these people, you right. know? And we talk about it and then we're like, you know, exactly their followers, like, sure, there's a chance they'll travel to Montreal and or maybe not <laughs> come, but you know, probably right. not. Right. Like you're probably better off having the guy that works at the office across the street 100%. eat for free one time. And yeah. he's gonna bring his friends back for But but, but, here, but here's but, here's the thing, right? Yeah. What well, the problem is that what I'm realizing is that the consumer has become the influencer. Mm -hmm. So people if I look at your feed and your your whole life is sponsored. I think I'm better than you. I'm like, why is she getting all this free stuff? Yeah. I don't want. I don't want to pay either anymore. I want free stuff, and this is why people are getting into the game because they're realizing that there's a benefit. And now mm -hmm. the person who used to go and buy the Nike sneakers now wants them for free. Yeah. Because he saw five people get them for free. Now he's no longer a consumer because he's upset. I want them for free. I'm not buying anything anymore until I get them for free. And that is what's messing up the economy. And when I was in Thailand, we were giving. Uh, the people driving the tuk-tuks, like $10 Canadian, $15 Canadian to get us to places. Mm -hmm. When in reality, it was really a dollar Canadian. But we were like, well, back home, a cab for 45 minutes, it's going to be $50. So what if I give this guy 15 bucks? And our guy told us, don't do that. I'm like, well, she's like, you're messing up the economy. I'm like, huh? I'm giving more money. How am I messing up the economy? And she said, because the more you tourists give these guys more money, they no longer want to pick up the locals. Yeah, that makes sense. And I was like, wow. Mm. So she's not able to get a cab anymore, a tuk-tuk anymore, mm. because tourists are going out there, here's 30, 40 bucks. They're like, screw this, man. I'm not going to pick up the local girls and give me a dollar when I get $30 US and feed my family for a month. And I realized, like, wow, that's so true. So bring it back to our world, if I'm noticing every brand gives stuff away for free and I'm a consumer, why am I paying? You're not better than me. You're not better than me. I'm cooler than you. I make more money than you. I travel more than you. Like I can give a million reasons why I'm better than you. So why are you getting here free and I'm not? So now the consumer is becoming, the I'm going to become an influencer. I'm going to start a page. I'm going to show you how good I look. I'm going to show you my pictures. And I have no background in this space. I don't know anything. I don't know the technical details of fabrics. I don't know fashion. I don't know food. I'm just going to post pictures. And like, and, and that's what it is, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I, I own, a, I own a, um, a juice shop, you know, organic juice, you know? And we're opening a second location. And we get these emails all the time from people. Hey, I want to collaborate. Cool. What do you want to do? Give me some free juices and I'll tell my followers. And that's literally what's becoming, what's becoming right now. Mm -hmm. Give me something for free mm -hmm. and I'm going to tell my followers. I just cracked a thousand followers. I just cracked 500 followers. Give me free stuff. Is that happening a lot? 100%. Of course. Where 100%. Like these 
you know, people that have a very small following, they just have these expectations. Well, yes, because they feel, they literally feel because they have created, not even created, they've jumped on a free app that they don't own Mm -hmm. and have amassed 500 people in Montreal that that is something that's so groundbreaking that they feel entitled to get free things. So you would hit up Joys of Living in a DM message, not like an email, like you, you DM us and yeah. be like, hello, hi, let's collaborate. Uh, give me free stuff because I have X amount of followers and I'm going to do one picture for you. And you now have to evaluate now, like, what is this world coming to? So mm-hmm. I work in this space, so I understand what it's like and how it goes down, what the lingo is and what it all means. But if I didn't work in the space and this email just goes to the person who owns Joy's, for example, or any company, a mm-hmm. restaurant, like mm-hmm. your friend says, mm-hmm. you don't want to miss out. You're like, I heard that influencer. That's what I'm is, supposed is, to It's going to change my life. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm supposed to do this, right? This is, this is the new wave. I saw it on, I saw it on, on TMZ. I, I saw it on this newspaper, this article about influencer marketing. I, I don't want to miss out. Let me do it. And then you're giving away plates of food, steak, chicken, juice, things that cost money. And you're giving away for free, thinking you're going to return. And literally, this person gets to go brag and be like, look what I got for free. I finessed the game. And that's what's happening right now. So there's people, like there's a hotel. I was in Paris, and there's this guy at the hotel, right before me was saving this girl. And he's like, in French, he's like, I'm tired of these bloggers. He's cursing. Mm-hmm. He's like, they want four nights free. It's like, hey, man, if you want to stay in my hotel, you don't need seven nights to know if it's good or not. You need one night, maybe two. But bloggers are literally hitting up all the best hotels in the world. There's articles on this. Yeah, yeah. seven nights. Hotels are are cutting ties. Yeah, they're like, screw you guys. Yeah, like this doesn't help me. Like, how many people are you activating? How many people can you get to come and spend money with me? Even you keep talking about like the fake versus real. Yeah, you can buy followers. Sure, a lot of people have real followers, but then there are just other influencers who want to have other. It's becoming hard to evaluate who's uh, legit and who's not. No, it's not becoming hard. You know what? You know what it is. Bit of research. For you guys, because you guys work in the influencer space, yeah. I would say for you guys, if I were to give you guys unsolicited advice, look at people holistically, like I said before. Look at who they're hanging with, where they're going, what are they talking about, what do they tweet about, what do they Snapchat about. Maybe, maybe I'm going to work with Under Armour, mm-hmm. but I'm on my Snapchat doing cocaine. Mm-hmm. That's not a good look for you, as an example. 100%. Maybe, maybe I'm giving the finger and I'm like, oh, F this, oh man, I'm, I'm cursing, I'm doing... like. Yeah. What you like, you are what you tweet. You know what I mean. Your social footprint is very important. But some people are more subtle than that. Like just because their whole social media persona is very controlled, still knowing the way they are and their friends. Well, and, well, you know? well. Yes, maybe. Yeah. Like you're hundred percent right. But if my social media is controlled, mm-hmm. at least that protects you. That's true. As a brand person, mm-hmm. because you know I'm not gonna go crazy. But if you know I'm in the streets beating up my girlfriend every day. You might be like, this guy is kind of sketchy. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to work with him because he's out there putting positive quotes, but I see him beating up his girlfriend. No, so you might make mm-hmm. a decision and be like, I'm not working with him. But look at someone holistically and be like, this is why I'm going to work with this person because you know what? They're doing positive things. They're working, helping kids in Africa. They're 
cycling. They're like, just look at it from a, a holistic standpoint because I might be really political. I might be like, I love um, Donald. I mean, no, I'm gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> I might have a political view yeah. that doesn't align with popular culture. Mm-hmm. I might be into things that are not cool. And you might not want your brand associated with that. No, that's true. And right? I think it's important to just do the homework. For sure. It's a lot harder. But if you start, if you keep base, and I know brands are going to put pressure on you guys to be like, but how many follows and impressions? Yeah. Then you have to almost push back and you might lose some clients with this, but say, guys, let me explain to you what's happening right now. And show them articles. You don't even cut ties with fake followers. Mm-hmm. The integrity is finished. It's done. It's no longer a thing. Anyone can buy this, but let me show you this person. Look at their mood board. Look what they do. Look who they hang with. I did a survey of some of the people who do follow them, and it's five celebrities follow them, like, like, or five verified people follow them, or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like, look at what's happening. Like, if I look at like, um, they have a billboard on the forty. Like, that's crazy. You know, like so little things that you could be like, this person's doing interesting things. Yeah. Look what. Like, I think that is a better way to connect. And if you are an influencer, quote unquote, you have to find what is your point of difference. How how are you different than everyone else? What value do you bring to a brand or a company? What are you doing to go beyond just posting a picture on a platform you don't own? Are you a photographer? Are you a filmmaker? Are you creative? Those platforms that we're talking about, it's all about creativity. I, Instagram TV is about creativity. If you're just sitting in your car ranting, nothing creative is happening there. But if you're doing the time to building sets and you're going out and you're making it about a show, that's believable. That's something that I can buy. Sorry, not believable. That's something I can buy into yeah. as a brand because you're out there taking the time to create. We did the Fifth Clico party like at our office space, and we have a huge office space, but we rolled out green grass. We blew up balloons, we moved the couches around, we got met, we, we, we built it out so when you came there, you felt like you were part of an experience, you know? And Viv Clicquot, to be honest with you, they are not expecting us to go all out at that level, but that's what we do as a company. We're like, okay guys, what's the strategy? What are we gonna do to make it cool and amazing? Mm-hmm. We go all out, so when you see the content or whatever it is, the photographs, you're like, that's nice. So if, you're, if you wanna work with me, you're like, man, work with Marcus, man. He's probably gonna go all out for me, and that's more valuable to me than someone just holding a glass of wine and be like, cheers. Like, that's the difference. So I think that as, a, as, a, as an influencer, quote unquote, you need to say to yourself, are you willing to go beyond the call of duty, beyond the paragraphs of the three posts you have to make to go out and create? If you're not a photographer, you're not a photographer, your cousin's brother, mother aren't those things, you don't have a creative team around you, how are you gonna create things for me that I can go back to my client and says, we need to work with this person all the time? Because yeah. at the end of the day, if you work with me and I suck, it looks bad on you as an influencer marketing person. No, but it goes back to what you we were saying earlier that you know some people, they just hit up brands and give me something for free because I have followers. It's right. like, okay, think you're in your head. I'm an influencer or I want to be an influencer and I hear all these other people, that's what they're doing. Let me instead approach your brand and say, I have an idea. So, I want to do an IGTV series that I do one a week that I'm talking about different uh, dieting I'm trying or something. And sure. then they're like, I want to do the juice cleanse. Right. Then at least there, there's... You're selling me an idea. You're sending, and then it, it, like it happened. I got approached by a brand, and they're like, "We want to give you something for free." And then you're like, "Okay, how about I make a video?" But then I, I'm gonna need a budget in, in terms. Like I think it's just like 
having a voice and saying, okay, if you're not interested, you're not interested. But if it's a product you're interested in, if it's right. a culture you, 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 you know, that reflects what you're into. I still think there's these opportunities, but it's being able to take that voice and understand that it is a person behind it and sure. explaining to them what you're trying to do with it. 100%. And I like that idea. Like, so if, if, you, if you tell a brand, hey, man, I'm going to create IGTV, a series for you, ABC, I can buy into that. Yeah. Why wouldn't I buy into that? Yeah. Cool. You're going to go out there and create a TV show on a platform? Yeah. Dope. I'm rocking with it. You know, I think that's I think people cool. are just trying to take like that shortcut to sure. a quick win and... Uh, it's, I think that's part of the culture now too. Like everyone just wants to get that quick win and try to get something for free as, as quick as possible. But it's it's not sustainable, that's for sure. And I don't think people are going to get anywhere that way. Well, I, I think it is sustainable because it's still working, and a lot of brands are like like let's, let's talk. Let's, let's if we just go back just a little bit. Once upon a time, it was like you need radio ads, and maybe even go to the radio, and that took decades before we're like. Radio's dead. Mm -hmm. Now it's TV ads. Mm -hmm. What? I got to spend a million dollars now? Well, yeah, because you got to do a commercial. And then that was lasted more decades. And then like Super Bowl ads, it's like 60 million. Okay, I'm all in. <laughs> like people are going broke buying Super Bowl ads. And yeah. then that decades. And now it's like social media bloggers. And then that, that blogger, blogger lasted like 10 years. Like not decades, but 10 years of like blogs like mm -hmm. let's buy on mashable and huffington post and like let's buy ads and those guys were like newspapers are dead gazette everyone's bad it's no longer print is dead it's no longer good and then it was like no magazines are back but niche magazines okay let's put money there but now it's blogging and then blogging is dead and now it's like social media so now everyone is putting billions of dollars in social media and it's lasting because it's going to take decades before brands realize they were duped at the end of the day, every company has a marketing budget. And they're just trying to figure out, like, what's the new medium we're spending it on? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm right. saying? So I don't think that it is, it is sustainable for another five to ten years unless a new medium pops up where it's like, no, it's human billboards. It's tattoos on everyone's arms. All of a sudden it's like, what tattoo brand you have? Oh, I have Best Buy here. <laughs> I have Apple. Like, who knows what the next medium is, you know what I'm saying? Like, so that being said, considering where we are now... Right. Like, where do you think, like, digital marketing is going to go in the next five to ten years? <coughs> Realistically, uh, like, based on the trajectory we're on right now. Um, I would say this. Smart brands are going to decide to do things in real life. What do you mean by that? So what I mean by that is that um, instead, in, like, digital is going to just be the medium where how it should be, where you just share what you did in real life. So, for example, our Viv Clicquot party, okay? Um, it was a brunch. It was a brunch day. Um, I told Viv Clicquot I'm inviting 30 people, and it being 45, 50 people, okay, that came out to <coughs> spend time with me. And what we did, we created consideration for the brand. I was the bartender, and I was hosting them and educating them about how to drink Viv Clicquot Rich. And I was explaining to them, doing the recipes and a lot. And people were like, I never had this before. This is awesome. Oh, man, I'm going to try this at home. That's my job. That's real life. I'm able to activate people and get people to come out. So if I'm a quote-unquote influencer, I keep saying quote-unquote. Sorry. I know, <laughs> guys, I know it's annoying, but I just, I'm just saying it. If you guys are going to work with influencers in the future, uh, I would challenge you guys to challenge them to go out there 
and do real life things and activate real life people. I think that's gonna be the future. And what their social media platforms are gonna be is just gonna be a portal of sharing it. So the real life interaction is gonna be a lot deeper, you know what I'm saying? And just to prove my point is, you guys saw Kanye release's album? Yeah. Right? He took a bunch of people to Wyoming around a campfire and they listened to the music in this analog way. Like, I'm gonna play it with the DJ and you guys are all gonna party around the campfire. I'm gonna rap the words. And everyone that was there loved it. They talked mm -hmm. about it. It was real life. And he did that for each album release. He did it for yeah. Nas, he did it for Tiana Taylor. And that is more impactful than being like, okay, iTunes, draw my album now. Boop. And it goes on iTunes digitally. Everyone streams it. Yeah. And everyone listens to it in their home. And I talk about it in my basement. <clears throat> no one hears. I think that it's going to go back to an analog place. I don't know if you guys are noticing the trend. The guys in my office, they're buying film cameras. They're shooting film. Mm -hmm. They're buying vinyl. They're, they're, they're going back to analog because people want to be able to feel things in real life and see and touch and experience. I don't think that's gonna go away. Digital hopefully just becomes a byproduct of all of the realness that's happening in the world. So if you're working with Under Armour as an example, as you mentioned it, mm -hmm. it would more be more like, instead of just posting some shit, like how about you organize a run, okay? Get 20 of your best friends to come running with you. Get 30 of your best friends to come work out with you. And how about you document that experience, you know what I'm saying? And document it with video and pictures and stories. And we want to see you in the product, activating in it, around it. Not just me paying you $10 or $20 or $2,000 to wear a t-shirt and do a post. It doesn't mean anything. I've witnessed so many people in my life fake running. They put the whole outfit on. Okay, get it? Okay. And then they, they stab the picture. Boom. And then that goes on the gram. Yes, running and this is so amazing. Fake running. Fake posing, <laughs> like it's funny, but I've, you've seen it. I don't, you guys don't know it, yeah. but I know yeah. I've seen it in real life. Like we go to New York on one trip, and then there'll be a couple of girls. There'll be like they put on their outfits, like okay, get me in front of the New York skyline, and then they just do the fake run, and that's an Instagram picture for them because the brand wants to see them in action. Yeah. Like I really feel that digital marketing for the smart brands and for the smart marketers and influencers is going to be about like you know what that's going to be a byproduct of what I and I'm already doing that. What I do online is a byproduct of what's happening in real life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Come to our cafe, experience our culinary experiences. Come to our grooming space, experience um, the Mr. Chores grooming space. Come to our art gallery for our artist talk series. Come to Espas Gris for our workshops. Come hear our speaking. Come to our parties. And we're gonna document everything and share it online. And when I share it online, yes, people are gonna get FOMO. I wish I was there. I could have been there, but it becomes real. Yeah. Virgil Avalo just came to Montreal did an art exhibit at Essence. Uh, he DJed at Essence, sold shoes, sold products. Everyone there that was there shared it. Oh my God, Virgil shared, took pictures, snapped it, da 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 da, their purchases, blah, 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 blah. It all went viral digitally. It was all over the internet, but the basis happened in real life. Yeah. And you had to be there. If you weren't there or you were outside, you got to witness this little moment in time. And I think that's what's gonna be important. The real to have to come out. But the irony in what I'm saying is that there are now avatars that are not real people yeah. that yeah, are exactly. working with Chanel and Louis Vuitton and are activists and they're not real people. And they look real mm -hmm. and they have an Instagram account and they have more followers than everyone in this room 
and they're getting brands to send them stuff, which is weird, and that is freaking weird. So yeah. if we can all be replaced by a digital being that doesn't really exist, that's an influencer, and it looks real and doesn't look real and you can't tell anymore, then we're going in a very bad place. So I think the power is going to rely on the people who can actually activate people in real life. So the experience, and the experience. I, just as much, just as much from the influencer showcasing how they use the product and experience. But even earlier, when you're saying, you know, before putting tons of monies in all these influencers you've never met, even putting an event together and meeting these people and seeing if you, if you even vibe with them, if you think they represent the brand. brand, and so Very I think smart. it goes in, 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 it all goes hand in hand. Yep. Like you start, I, I've worked. With, brands that like the, that was the first thing it's like come to Montebello they don't ask you for anything you meet them and stuff like that and after you build a relation that next time that I have an idea for something if we actually click and exchange numbers then we'll work together again or you know it, sure. it makes sense and I think the whole it, it goes back to what they've been saying about social media since the beginning it's kind of like a back to the basics mom and pop kind of experience that right. yes you're trying to engage with the masses but it kind of starts with a very small group of people sure and having an experience and experiencing the culture. Like I've worked with Monster Energy for a long time. I used to be a monster girl, you know? And sure, tastes great, but it's the culture that I love, right. you know? It, it's really the way people I worked with I loved. It's, and now we still, we're in great relations. 10 years later, we're still friends and we still talk. And, and it, it, when you fall in love with that culture, it's, it's gonna be hard for me to switch to something else, right. you know? And I think that that's where the experience comes in on, on both ends. 100%, like, I agree. Yeah. I think we're about uh, at time right now. <laughs> yeah. um, so thanks for coming in. Um, where can people find you online? Um, you can find me online, Marcus Short, everything, M-A-R-C-U-S-T-R-O-Y. Um, you can find us, what we do, at Espas Gris, uh, at Cafe Troy, um, soon Mr. Troy. Um, yeah, like we're just online. We're a bunch of creative people trying to do cool things with cool people. And, um, you know, hopefully that you guys enjoy our passionate conversation mm -hmm. about marketing, branding, and this whole space. But, yeah, thanks for having me. Cool. Yeah, congrats on everything. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for, for coming in my living room <laughs> in our <laughs> podcast. No, it's all good. <laughs> all right, cool.